0: Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He responded by saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second is likened to it, love your neighbors as yourself. Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to the book of Hosea. This morning, we are going to begin a journey that will lead us through the minor prophets. Hebrews chapter 1 tells us, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our Father through the prophets. Peter tells us, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of men. But man spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The minor prophets are only minor because they are shorter in length than some of the other Old Testament books. And they have a message that we today need to incorporate into our lives. David Allen Hubbard, in his little book, Will We Ever Catch Up With the Bible, says this, Modern man has some catching up to do. The men and women of the Bible had an experience with God that cannot be outmoded. The minor prophets are a case in point. As we see their messages, we will be reminded that the church has called their writings minor, not because they were unimportant, but because they were brief. These 12 men, whom God chose to bear his word to his people Israel and Judah, and then to us, spoke on topics that read like tomorrow's headlines. Their faith, their insight, their judgment have not been outdistanced by our frantic rush into the future. In fact, we will have to stretch to catch up with them. Hosea. His name means salvation. And although he is listed in our Bibles as the first of the minor prophets, he was not the first prophet to be part of God's message to His people. Hosea was one that God used to give a message that was a message of faithful love and faithful understanding. Hosea prophesied for some 90 years. And he was one who was probably the last prophet before the northern kingdom fell. He's quoted some 30 times in the New Testament. Now, as we study the minor prophets, we are going to choose a verse out of each of them that we're going to try to commit to memory. And our verse out of Hosea is found in chapter 6, verse 6, which says, For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Will you read that verse with me, please? We'll start with the reference, Hosea 6.6. 6. Read the verse, and then we will finish with the reference. Here we go. Hosea 6.6. 6. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Hosea 6.6. 6. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. But yet in Israel, that was not true. That was not how they were relating to God because they had distanced themselves from God and had run off after other gods. And so God calls Hosea to be his messenger, to share his unconditional, unfailing love with his people. Now, the book of Hosea is a difficult book. It's difficult from the standpoint of understanding what God had asked Hosea to do. Hosea chapter 1 verse 1. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea. Jump to verse 2, please. When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go take to yourself a wife of whoredom. And have children of whoredom. For the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Dalam, and she conceived and bore him a son. The word of the Lord came to Hosea. And it's almost unimaginable what God asked Hosea to do. There is another minor prophet that begins with the word of the Lord came to them. And that is Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah and said, Go down to Nineveh, that great city, and preach against it. Well, you know what Jonah did. Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord and he tried to get out of the assignment that God had for him. You know what Hosea did? he went and found this unfaithful woman and married her. Unbelievable. And yet, it pictured God's love for his people. God ever give you a task to do that was difficult? God ever tell you to do something that you thought was perhaps not the best? God ever call you to himself and said, hey, I've got a job for you. This is what I want you to do. How do you respond? The word of the Lord came to Hosea. Now the reason that message came to Hosea was God wanted to show His love. Let me give you an outline for Hosea. The first three chapters of Hosea talk about God's love being displayed. The next chapters of Hosea talk about God's love being tested. And the last part of Hosea talks about God's love victorious. God's love displayed God's love tested. God's love is victorious. I want you to understand this morning how much God loves you. And God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. You know, the scripture says that you and I have not been redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. But with the precious blood of Christ As a lamb without blemish and without spot. God loves you that much that He sent His only begotten Son into the world to give His life as a sacrifice so that you and I might have a personal relationship with Him. Not based on our merit, but based on the completed work of His Son as He went to the cross and shed His blood in payment for our sins. God loves you that much Hosea chapter 1, the word of the Lord came to Hosea. And said, Hosea, I want you to go marry a prostitute. That word may not be used in many church services. But that's God's message. And I want you to have some children with this unfaithful lady because I have a message of love for my people. We're going to very quickly look at that message of love as God demonstrated His love to His people. The message of love begins with lessons for God's people. Verse 1 again, please. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, the son of Uri, in the day of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. Now it's interesting that only three of the minor prophets are identified with specific kings. And as they are identified with specific kings, they are identified to specific people. Micah talks about the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, southern kingdom. Zephaniah talks about the kings of Joash, kings of Israel. And this is the only minor prophet book where the message is not only to the kings and the people of the southern kingdom, but also to the kings and the people to the northern kingdom. And I want us to understand this. This is a message to God's people. You and I must understand that God is talking to you and to me. He's talking to those that he has called. Not because they were mighty. Not because they were special. He called them because he loved them according to Deuteronomy. And God didn't call any of us in this worship center today because we were mighty or special. He called us because he loved us. A message to God's. People. Well, let's identify this message just a little bit as we look at the southern kingdom. The southern kingdom was kingdom of Judah, capital of Jerusalem. It was composed of two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. And the kings that are identified here are Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Uzziah was a mighty warrior that had leprosy. Uzziah was the one that is identified in Isaiah chapter 6, where Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the holiness of God filled him. Uzziah is the 10th king of Judah. Ahaz is the 12th king of Judah. He is the second worst king in all of Judah. He sacrificed children. And his legacy is that of defying the Lord his God. Hezekiah, according to 2 Kings chapter 18, did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Now the southern kingdom lasted some 325 years. Had 19 kings and 1 queen and 8 of them were godly. If you do the math, 11 weren't. And you can see the ebb and flow of God's people as they turn to God when they're in trouble and turn away from God when God blesses them. You know, we are blessed in this country. I trust that that blessing turns us to God, not away from God. The northern kingdom. The northern kingdom is called Israel. Israel. Its capital is Samaria. The king that is identified as Jeroboam, he ruled longer than any other king in Israel and recovered much of Israel's lost territory. The southern kingdom, I'm sorry, the northern kingdom was composed of ten tribes. It lasted some 210 years. Assyria came in and took the northern kingdom away, and they've never been heard of since there were 19 kings in the northern kingdom and none of them were godly. But God, as he tells Hosea to go out and to marry an unfaithful woman, wants all of his people to know of his faithfulness. Now, as we move down into verse 4 of Hosea chapter 1, we start to observe how God teaches this lesson. Because there are three children born to Hosea and Gomer, and they're identified in these next verses. And the Lord said to him, Call his name Jezreel. The one that is identified here is the one that was conceived at the end of verse 3 or identified at the end of verse 3 a son. Call his name Jezreel, for in just a little while I will punish the house of Jehud for the blood of Jezreel, and I will put an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. And on that day I will break the bow of Israel in the, va- in the valley of Jezreel. Jezreel means scattered. And there are two events that very well could have been Referenced by Hosea. The first event was an event that was going to take away the kingdom. To set aside the dynasty of Jehud. 2 Kings chapter 10 tells us, Jehud was not careful to walk in the law of the Lord. He did not turn from his sins. In those days the Lord began to cut off the parts of Israel. They would be scattered. The second event that is being referenced is the Assyrian army coming in and taking Israel captive. And it says here that they would break the bow of Israel. They would take away her strength. They would remove her authority. They would take away from her that which made her a great country. As you study history, the Assyrians came in and captured Israel, took them into bondage, and the ten tribes are never identified again. They would indeed be scattered. Verse six She conceived again and bore a daughter, and the Lord said to him, Call her name No Mercy. For I will no more have mercy on the house of Israel to forgive them at all. But I will have mercy on the house of Judah, and I will save them by the Lord their God. I will not save them by bow, or by sword, or by war, or by horses, or by horsemen. The second name is Lorama, That means no mercy. Judgment was coming, but God was going to spare Judah, as I said earlier, Judah was a nation some hundred years more than Israel. And as you study the history of Judah, you know that they were taken into captivity by Babylon, but then Nehemiah and Ezra came back and they rebuilt the city and they returned to the land of their forefathers. God was not going to show any mercy. Verse 8. And when she had weaned no mercy, she conceived and bore a son. And the Lord said, call his name not my people. For you are not my people and I am not your God. Lord, I am I. Not my as you observe the names of the children that Hosea fathered, you discover that even though God's love was unchanging, there was judgment coming to the people of God. And those people were those who would have to face God's judgment. As we observe the children's names, we understand that sometimes God has to get our attention in order to show his love. This past week, I visited someone in the hospital. This individual had not been in church for a number of months, if not years. And as That individual was laying there in the hospital. They said, God got my attention. What's it going to take to get our attention? God will do whatever's necessary to get our attention because he loves us that much. We're not going to take time to read much of the second chapter. The second chapter is the account of Gomer leaving Hosea and going back to whoredom. It's a very graphic description of what took place in her life. And she plays the harlot, and she goes after others, and she rejects all of the love that Hosea could give to her and all the stability that Hosea wanted to give to her. And she left him in the midst of his blessing. But I call your attention to verse 14 of chapter 2. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her, and there I will give her vineyards and make the valley of Achor a door of hope. And there she shall answer in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt." I want you to know that in God's love there's always a valley of hope. And you can translate the first part of verse 15 this way. I will turn her valley of troubles into a valley of hope. There is always hope to be discovered in God's love no matter where you are, no matter what you're facing, no matter what's going on in your life, there is hope to be discovered in God's love. Her lifestyle was leading to disaster, shame, defeat. And yet, in the valley of Acre, the valley of trouble, God was going to give her Now, I want you to see how he was going to do that. Jump down to verse 21, will you please? And in that day I will answer, declares the Lord, I will answer the heavens, and they shall answer the earth. And the earth shall answer in the grain, the wine, and the oil. And they shall answer Jezreel. Remember Jezreel, scattered? They shall answer Jezreel, and I will sow her for myself in the land. I will bring her back. And I will have mercy on no mercy. And I will say to not my people, you are my people. And he shall say, you are my God. There is always hope in God's love. And I want you to know this morning that God's love is everlasting. Verse 1 of chapter 3. Do you remember how in verse 2 I told you that Gomer had left Hosea? How's that? She had returned to her illicit ways. Verse 1 of chapter 3. And the Lord said to me, to Hosea, Go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethich of barley. And I said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man so will I also be to you. For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household goods. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness in latter days. Hosea, I want you to go down to the slave market and I want you to repurchase Gomer. Now, in that day, Hosea had every right to put Gomer to death. He owned her. He took her once, and she was his. But God said, Hosea, go down to the slave market and buy her back. Now, as we read these words in Scripture, we may be lured into a consciousness that this was something that was just a bill of sale, just another transaction, just an opportunity to fulfill God's word. James Montgomery Boyce, in his book on the Minor Prophets, says this about the buying and selling of slaves. We know quite a bit about the selling of slaves in antiquity because much has been written about it. For example, the slaves were always sold naked. There's a Greek play in which a fat man is put up for sale. The bids are starting, and the men who are buying bid 10 cents, 15 cents, 20 cents for that fat slave. Why do you bid 20 cents for that fat slave, one was asked. As soon as he gets to your house, he's going to eat up all your food. The man who bid 20 cents justified his bidding by saying, you don't understand, I have a squeaky mill. I'm going to cut him up and use him for grease. He owned him, he could do with him, as he liked. We can only imagine in Hosea's day that as he is standing in that marketplace, waiting to fulfill God's call on his life, a beautiful woman is put up for sale. Her clothes are taken off and the bidding begins not at 10 cents, 15 cents, 20 cents, but at $100, $120, Gomer is put up for sale. And the men of the city see exactly what they're bidding on. God told Hosea to buy his wife back. One man bids 12 pieces of silver. Hosea, 13. 13. Another bids 14 pieces of silver. Hosea says, 15. 15 pieces of silver and a bushel of barley, the man cries. 15 pieces of silver and a bushel and a half of barley. The auctioneer looks around and seeing that there are no more bids says, Sold to Hosea for 15 pieces of silver and a bushel and a half. Gomer now belongs to Hosea. He has bought her back, fulfilling God's plan for his life. And see, here's the reality the reality is that God has an unfailing and unconditional love for his people and will pay any price. God loves you this much. And God sent his son to die for you. The question is, how do we respond to God's love in our lives? (laughs) Scripture tells us that nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. Not tribulation, not distress, not persecution, not famine, not nakedness, not danger, not sword. And then we read in Romans chapter 8, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. Will we ever catch up with the minor prophets? Will we ever listen to their message and respond in a way that exhibits God's love? What is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. How faithful are we? And how does God demonstrate his love toward us? He did it in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let me encourage you to read the book of Hosea this week. (laughs) It's not an easy read. But if a picture is worth a thousand words, it is a great picture of God's love for His.